Welcome to another episode of the Access Vikings podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, joined by Ben Gessling and Michael Rand of the Star Tribune from TCO Performance Center. Thank you guys for both waving. Where we're going to answer your questions ahead of Vikings Packers at Lambeau Field. Let's start right away with Observed Idiocy wants to know, why do, Viking, why do the Vikings do so well against the 49ers uh, in pass protection? Um, he mentions a bunch of the pass blocking grades, uh, some of them being well from, from the running backs and fullback. Um, he wants to know if that's unusual or if that's part of why they did well. Uh, Kirk wasn't sacked. He was the first quarterback that wasn't sacked by the 49ers this season. Um, and that's a, obviously a big reason why we talk about them winning a game. How sustainable do you think this is? Well, I don't know that it's completely sustainable. I, I think you know, one of the things that they t- expected from the 49ers is they're a team that rushes upfield, which you don't see a ton of these days. I mean, it, there's not probably as many games and stunts and, and different things with their group as you would see from a lot of teams. I thought they had a good plan. They The chips that they used with TJ Hawkinson, Josh Oliver, I think were to pretty good effect throughout the night. Um, Cousins had more time where he was sitting in clean pockets than he typically does, and it's like, hey, it's, this is a lot easier. I mean, it's easier for every NFL quarterback if you have clean pockets and places to throw the ball while you can actually read a defense and step into it. But – you know, I, I I think the question of whether it's sustainable is wrapped up in a couple of things. Number one, how often are they going to play teams with that approach? Number two, how much of it had to do with Dalton Reisner being in there? Because Ezra Cleveland, that's the other thing we should mention. I do think the two tackles make that part of it sustainable. You have one of the best tackle combinations in the league in Brian O'Neill and Christian Derrissaw, which has been a long time since we've been able yes. to say that. Those guys are both like top 15 tackles. Independent of each other. Just independent oh, oh each left other. and right. Yes. Yeah, I mean, at their specific positions. Overall. Top four, yeah, five at say, their yeah. positions. So, yeah, I mean, it, that that's an awfully good foundation if we're talking about sustainability, I guess. Yeah, it really is. And we're going to see those games where Kirk gets lit up. You know, it's going to happen where teams blitz more, um, although he did burn the blitz, especially on the 60-yard touchdown um, in that in that kind of hurry-up situation. Um, but I, I did think it was interesting how they felt the scheme matched up well with their offensive line in terms of catching the guys rushing upfield because they do struggle when, when teams start uh, twisting their linemen and throwing games at them and stunts. Um, and, and a lot of the movement that the Bears did, for instance, that seemed to give them yep. issues. Um, yeah, and O'Connell, I think, said that after the game, that that was causing trouble. Yeah, and, and they end up um, doing well against a Niners team that really didn't, they weren't like moving Bosa on the interior. Yep. You know, they were just kind of moving them between O'Neal and Derisaw, and that really played into the Vikings' favor. So that's going to help. It, it's just going to be a struggle uh, when they face a team that's got a, a game wrecker on the interior. And we see with Green Bay sometimes with Kenny Clark, they can kind of cause those problems sometimes. Yeah, between him and Rashawn Gary, who's having an awfully good year for them, uh, Preston Smith is still in that mix, and then uh, Lucas Van Ness, the the rookie. I mean, they have some guys that can cause trouble. I think for this offensive line, and I think they'll probably throw a few more different looks at the group than we saw. I, I'm very curious to see how this is going to play out with Ezra Cleveland and Dalton Reisner. If Reisner now is the guy at that spot, I certainly, I, I thought, at least by my eyes, had a pretty good night on Monday night. And um, if he keeps that job, that, it's going to be interesting to see what effect that has on that line as a whole. 
Grand Casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan. The passion. The hope. The anticipation. That incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino. Let your story begin. Our buddy Fred wants to know how much faster was the Vikings offense getting to the line? He means literally getting the play call in and guys getting lined up. So they do use tempo quite a bit, and it seemed like they leaned on that at times against the Niners. Yeah, they did a lot of it Monday night, I thought. And some of it was probably to keep the Niners from subbing, I mean, to keep them in the same personnel groups. But yeah, they they I think there was more of it that I noticed Monday night where Cousins is calling plays at the line of scrimmage, that kind of thing. Um, there was quite a bit of that in the plan Monday night obviously it was by design because they went to it frequently enough that it wasn't like oh hey we hit on this this worked this certainly seemed like it was part of the approach going into that game it did yeah he, he seemed to check them into some some big plays including um the 60 yard touchdown there um yeah. to Addison where he seemed to to kind of can whatever they were running and move into that um maybe because the Niners played more straight up weren't trying to disguise things and maybe they felt comfortable in what they were seeing before the snap and reading off of that who knows but um, it, it did seem that he had more of that kind of command against them. And I, I think when we're talking about um, their use of tempo too, it's going to be big in terms of having their entire offensive line healthy and together. I thought when they had Austin Schlopman in there, it didn't always go so well. They had some penalties, some bad snaps. Uh, with Bradbury back there, I think that has enabled them to kind of lean on that um, a little bit more. Um, and, and I think too, it helps Kirk. Um, I think it helps him kind of stay into a rhythm at times. Yeah. And, and not kind of, you know, burn the clock and overthink it. Uh, Justin asks, no, <laughs> Justin asks, um, about the lack of cam acres usage in the backfield split. It was more of a split this time around. I think Alexander led with like 56%, but acres out touched him and ended up having 12 touches to, to Madison's 10. I talked to Akers today, and he said, hopefully this workload for me expands even further. Um, he, he's used to more of a kind of a, a heavier workload, but the Vikings seem intent on keeping Madison as that lead back, also as a two-minute back and a closer at times. What have you thought of the usage that they've had so far? I think it seems about right. Um, I think Akers has looked like the better runner, and I do like that they got Chandler even into the mix a little bit yeah. on... Oh, was it a, he had just a handful of snaps, but he touched the ball when he was in there. He was in space. He was like he was able to. Was it on the on the trick play with the Addison trick play that got called back? Addison threw to him. Yep. Yep. And then um, was he the screen or two that that came after that, or was that somebody else? I, he, he got it. He got it a couple times. So yep. he they're kind of like using guys. And Wangwu got back there on on kick returns. But I feel like the problem with Madison right now isn't so much that he's not running well. He just has not been reliable in the pass catching game. He's got a lot of drops this year. I feel like Akers is maybe the better receiver, even though Madison in the past has shown something in the receiving game. So I do want to see at least a 50-50 split between those guys because it feels like they they each do something at least reasonably well that, that can bring something to the table. Yeah, Ben, they opened that game with a 19-yard run by Madison, yeah. and you're thinking, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> you're allowed you're to do that. one of the year. What is this magic? In, in this offense, and yet when Madison started showing well at the beginning of the game, they still subbed Akers in there quite a bit. Yeah, they did. I think there's a different component that Akers brings. He certainly has a little more shiftiness than Madison does. And, and you saw at the end of that screen, 
he still is able to, I think, finish forward, is able to run through contact. Did a, I thought a nice job of that in a couple of moments Monday night, and um, certainly the, the end of that screen was one of them. And I think he continues to do enough that he's going to get more looks. And O'Connell seemed excited enough about him when they brought him in, especially – I think that's especially worth noting given the fact they have a history together from L.A. I think he is going to continue to get opportunities, and if he keeps doing what he's doing with them, there's only good reason for that to continue. Maybe give him a goal line look, too, because they still don't have a rushing touchdown. No, and, you know, guys, for as much as we talk about how well the offense played, they scored 22 points. I mean, they left a lot of points out there. They can do better. There were a lot of tushes that did not get pushed uh, <laughs> as effectively as they could have. Kirk one Cousins of those was the botched snap, but the other one was yeah. Who was it the, from the 49ers that just basically timed Fred it Warner? Perfectly. Warner just timed yeah. that play perfectly and just mauled Cousins right yeah, at the point of attack. It was, like, it was a like a Troy Polamalu old. Uh, well, the 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 reference I was going to make is old, but uh, in terms of Gophers shocking victories, Lavar <laughs> Arrington, yes, on the field goal. But looked like he was looked like a lion attacking a gazelle. Yeah. It was just like nature video. Andrew, Get Dan Nystrom, though. Andrew, did you have another question? <laughs> no, I was going to say Kirk Cousins had, had said today that um, the Eagles just, yeah, they do that better than everybody. Yeah. Like, yeah, they do. The Vikings should maybe. <laughs> it helps when you've got the quarterback that, you know, as as they say, can squat a lot. Squat 600 pounds, I think I've heard. I think Fred Warner weighs less than that. It shows how little they, confidence they have, though, in the in the ability to get one yard because they haven't really got one yard at the goal line yet. I mean, they're, they're, trying, the, they're trying the tush push. That's what that's come to. Is there like a – I mean, I, I, this is a completely off-the-wall thought, but are teams at some point going to get like – would would there be like a tush-push wildcat package? Like a jumbo package? Yeah, like put in a different quarterback I would, to be I, the tush-push guy. That, yeah. Why, I mean, why wouldn't you? Why would you expose Kirk Cousins to that? Why, if you right. have a bigger quarterback, I mean, they don't really have that. Daniel Hunter? Oh, I mean, if it's like, like super obvious, Cam Newton style, just yeah, like or, here it is. Stop it. I yeah, mean, right. Why wouldn't Maybe an offensive? Try this? Could, Probably because you don't want Daniel handling the ball. Yeah, at you, all. You, well, you, sure, they have to be <laughs> able to cleanly handle a snap. There's a big, yeah. but a fullback or. At a tight end, maybe in maybe. a lower leverage situation, maybe like the Josh uh, Oliver is like gold. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Oliver be like someone, yeah. yeah, but like gold to go first down. I don't know if I'd trust a defensive line, but it's like fourth down, and you're like, if even if they fumble the snap, it's you know they don't get it anyway. Honestly, yeah, just do full rugby muddle huddle kind of everybody getting yeah. and you just push back and forth and see who crosses forward. It's and like a tug the, of war. Who are the who were the tush pushers for the Vikings? Um, that's a good question. Was it Ham? Acres, who was it was, pushing I think a- I think Acres was in there, and um, and boy, Ham. I Akers can't remember Ham. Hawkinson. Maybe why wouldn't you put two linemen back there? I can't remember. Well, you want some mobility, more forceful tush pushers. Yeah. Well, so you want like Radbury snapping to Schlopman, snapping to Schlopman, <laughs> and like um, like. I don't know who who pushing the two two offensive linemen pushing him. No, you need a big dude Honestly, the, that is used to handling the ball. You know you need to do this. Ryan Wright. There you I, go. Ryan Wright. I thank there you. There you go, for, KLC. You're I, welcome. Thank you for giving us the headline yeah. of this podcast, which is who pushes the tush. <laughs> I think I think Oliver, yeah. yeah. Josh I, Oliver would be good. I think Oliver be would be a good, be a good one. Good I, I think I think the lineman thing though, there's a reason. But you don't want lineman handling the ball either. You want someone who can't fumble. Like I'm saying, like if a punter who's built like a lineman. Yeah. Ryan Wright is the answer. If it was if it was fourth down, I'd be comfortable with it. 
Okay. We should ask Matt Daniels. They, uh, yeah. He actually would entertain this stupid question, <laughs> he too. He would. They, which nobody asked, by the way. No one asked no. that question. We just... We, the tush push? Yeah, yeah. We just... Somebody might have. We, we, we asked about the tush push, yeah, Oh, no, but I meant like on the podcast. Yeah, we just in, brought not it Not in the uh, mailbag. Okay. Um, we were just talking You're about welcome, the run game everybody. and how bad they were. And, You're welcome, and everybody. The content you didn't know you needed. You had no idea. Seven games, no rushing touchdowns. Andrew, just try and just fight through it. You had no idea you needed it. Tweet through it. 5 a.m. tweeter wants to know if the Vikings consider themselves to be buyers at the trade deadline, which position is priority number one? So we're already Look how far we've come. We've moved past the will they be buyers? If they're buyers, what are they going to be buying? We've, lo- Mike, we've you- moved past sellers too. They're not sellers, I guess. Yeah, move past sellers. Well, if they are three and four right now, let's say they lose Green Bay three and five. Yeah. Worst case scenario, they're probably standing still. We then. talked about this Monday night though, in terms of like you've probably already sealed your fate on like in terms of you're not selling off pieces. Now you just beat the, the one of the best teams in the NFC. No, I don't think you're selling off pieces. And I also don't know if you're buying them. Yeah. Because if we think there's a chance that they're going to make the big move up for a quarterback in April. And I think there's very much a chance of that because they talked about doing it this year. You need assets to do it. And that's going to be, you know, 25, 26 first round picks, probably in addition to this year's. But if you have to throw in another mid rounder or something this year, to, depending on how far you have to move up, you need some of those picks. So, you know, I, I think that could be a hedge against trying to do much of anything because you, you know, the farther back you move, the harder it is to move up. I don't think that that would stop them necessarily. I don't think the winning games specifically would be the thing that would stop them. But the my mid-round picks then have to go as well. I, I just wonder if they would not want to do that. What if regardless of how they're playing, someone was interested enough that they said, we'll give you a first-round pick for Daniil Hunter? And it was just like do it. the value was so good that yeah. even if you're missing him for nine games and it's going to decrease yeah, your chances of it. making the playoffs, do you think they would do it? <laughs> yeah, I think some people would want to do it. The ones um, that like the math a little bit more? Well, I th- it's a hard, hard math problem to turn down. <laughs> it is, right? Because um, that gives you a lot more leverage to go get yeah, your quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... I mean, anybody willing to trade for Daniel Hunter is probably giving you a pick in the high t- mid twenties, so it's not going to be yeah. a great pick. But, I would but guess they two of those. They would jump on that because it's it flies in the, against the precedent that has been set. Like the the pass rushers that get the one are Bradley Chubb, who's twenty six. Yeah. Yeah. Like in prime passer, this guy's like going to be. We find a sucker willing to give that, us that's this. That's what I mean. Like, like guys of Hunter's age, even with higher pedigrees, like Khalil Mack, get twos. Yeah. You know, like, it, so with Hunter's age, injury history, regardless of how he's performing right now, if you got the one, you would have to jump on that just yeah. because of the precedent of the that's value. been set. Yeah. Now, the question is, like, what if someone wanted to give you the Mack package of a two and a six, I think it was? Or was two it. Two and a five, something like that? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember what, what Mack exactly got, but. That's the one where it's like, uh, okay, like, because the two is... That's, that's a borderline three. Yeah. yeah and you know it hurts yeah, you short term. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's where it gets complicated, right? But, like, that would be the interesting one to, like, know what they think about how good would it have to be, even if they're not shopping to Neil Hunter, how yeah. good would it have to be if someone came to them and said, look, we got to have this guy. Here's what we're going to give you. Yeah, it... it 
interesting setup here, especially if they don't pull off the win to get back to 500, yeah. because that is what shuts the door completely. If they're, yeah, if they're sitting four at four, yeah. If they're sitting at 500 a couple days before the actual trade deadline, um, I don't also don't see a position like last year where they're buyers and they bring in a, a tight end like TJ Hawkinson, where you think yes they plug one piece in there. To me, it would have to be if they find in terms of them being buyers. Um, it, it would be have to be if they find like a long term guy in terms of an edge rusher yep. or a corner, a piece on this defense that they feel you know what we're not only going to bring this guy in for this year, but like with Hawkinson, we want him to be long term. Yeah, even like a defensive tackle, <clears throat> I sure. mean, somebody that could give you some interior pass rush. Yeah, I think you'd have interest in that. Um, but it has to be like you said, it, it can't be a rental. I don't think they're going to do anything with a all in for this year sort of focus. Um, all right, we can wrap it up with this question here. Skull Rant yes. wants to know, has Jordan Addison saved Kwesi Adolfo Mensa's early stage draft record or is Lewis seen so bad that uh, Kwesi needs to knock it out of the park here in year three? Now, Addison has his big game two touchdown game on Monday night football on the same day that Lewis seen is also a healthy scratch for the second straight time. So one first round pick can't even get on the field when healthy for special teams reasons. And the other one looks like the best receiver in his draft class. Yeah. It's uh there's not been a lot of middle ground there. Has there? No. Um, <laughs> I mean, you look at it beyond that. Um, Ed Ingram is improving. Uh, Caleb, Caleb Evans. Evans is starting. He's, yeah. o- he's okay. Yeah. Booth is even getting on the field occasionally. Yeah. Um, but at the expense of a second-round pick this year, Mikai Blackman, now he's third, a rookie. Third-round pick, right? Yeah. Uh, the early yeah. pick, yeah. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, I, it's hard to evaluate draft classes so fast, yeah, but it's not been, it's not been impressive so far. I th- if he didn't have the Jordan Addison pick, if Addison was not doing very well, I think there would be a lot of what is going on here. I think he helps a lot in the Yeah, and, and that one even is interesting because they I just watched that video again this morning with the I mean he told them the night of the draft with Addison, hey, we took it down to the shot clock. I mean, they were clearly trying to consider offers for that pick. So, you know, how much lobbying did have did there have to be to get that one done? I guess it doesn't matter. He's here. He's producing. They can take credit for it. Um, yeah, I, I think that first draft class has a lot of warts on it right now. Um, it's year two. It's not done. But you draft a lot of these players on four-year deals with the idea that they are cheap and productive fairly early, at least you know by year three, I would think. So if, if you're not seeing anything... If that class, if that 2022 class looks the same at this time, I think even in training camp next year, that you don't see somebody like, hey, they're making a move, they're ready to be a real contributor to this thing, then yeah, go ahead and say that one is, uh, it didn't pan out. And part of the problem too is they tried to say, give this some time already. They said, hey, we had a lot of veterans last year. Lewis Seen, Brian Osmo, they're going to get, they're going to have their yep. time. Yep. That didn't happen Hasn't yet. happened. And uh, part of that, I wonder is, or how much of it is you have three picks, well, I suppose four, cutting Andrew Booth, that were drafted when Brian Flores was not here in terms of Lewis Seen, Booth, Evans, Osamoa. And at least the cases of Seen and Osamoa, I think it's reasonable to assume Brian Flores feels differently about those players 
than Ed Donatel did. Yeah, Mr. Theo Jackson might be the biggest indictment of Lewis Cena, a guy who was signed off the Titans practice squad under Donatel and has come in this past offseason and not only earned special teams roles ahead of Lewis Cena, but also has been a more versatile player for Flores. Yep who gets in those sub packages and you, now you've got seen playing behind Jay Ward, a fourth round rookie who's getting special teams reps seen as the sixth safety on this team. And they're, th- frankly, the only reason they kept six safeties this year seems to be because they spent a first round pick. On right. Them. Safety number six. They're not going to give up on. No, he's a first round pick. And he hit the injury last year and, you know, and it would be hard to crack the starting lineup because I think they're pretty happy with Bynum yeah. and Metellus, right? Metellus like basically turned into, I mean, he was playing linebacker half the time last week. Yeah, so it's just been a tough go for scene, and that's been such a bad bust because that trade was such a big drop from 12 to 32. They're just lucky that Jamison Williams hasn't looked like much for Jamison Detroit. Williams, who they liked. Who hasn't, hasn't been much, and maybe yeah. Kevin O'Connell would have got more out of him now, here. Than, the other question, do, I suppose, is if they take Jamison Williams, is Jordan Addison here? No, absolutely Probably not. not. Probably right? not. So It's full circle. It's, it's the butterfly effect. Butterfly the old, effect. Uh, it's well, like the hot take of who, why who Tony Mandarich is actually the best thing that ever happened to the Packers. If, if Brock Purdy wasn't as good as he was right now, would Kirk Cousins still be here? Yeah. If Trey Lance wasn't as bad as he was, would Kirk Cousins still be here? Who, who started Mike that? Butterfly Effect movie? Hey, That's probably Kevin Bacon. Was that a Kevin Bacon? No. <laughs> <laughs> 